0: Hello and welcome. We're so glad you're with us this morning. We're excited to have this opportunity to worship together um, as our family here in the Harrisburg local region, but also around the world. So we just want to say a special welcome to all of you. Uh, this week I've been thinking about a quote uh, that comes from Henry Nowen, it actually comes from one of my mentors who was privileged to hear Nawen speak years ago when he was um, promoting his book, The Return of the Prodigal Son. At the end of the book, um, Nowin goes through the whole book developing the characters of the father, both sons, uh, and, and at the end of the session they had a Q&A, and at the end of the Q&A, parents you know, were kind of wrestling with this idea that you know, we all know about the father and that represents God, but... What my mentor noticed is that a lot of the parents were either identifying as, you know, the younger son who had gone off and come back or the older son who were dutiful and maybe lo- um, weren't holding on to the father's love. And at the end of the session, a mother comes up and she goes to Nowen and says, you know, I feel overwhelmed. I just feel so challenged. Uh, my junior high son, I just don't know what to do. And then Nauen gives her this quote and he says, you know, um, the, the greatest gift you can give your child is to be a growing person yourself. I first heard this story when I was probably about 12 or 13, and then he put it in a book 10 years later. And And, and what's been fascinating about that quote is how much this week it's reminded me that it's, it's kind of been woven into my soul. So I learned this quote before I had children. So kind of my first interpretation was the greatest gift I can give to my world is to be a growing person myself. So one of the things I've been thinking about for our next sermon series is how are we growing? How are we using this season that we're in to grow? Now, we're living in challenging times that none of us saw coming or most of us didn't see coming. We're very overwhelmed. We have um, a lack of routine we're trying to get adjusted, Uh, we're living in this season of pandemic. But the question still remains, how are you growing this season? Because if we take a step back from the pandemic, maybe we can remember a time that we felt challenged by life. Maybe we can remember a time that we felt overwhelmed by life. Maybe we can remember a time where we felt like whatever routine we're in wasn't good. And the, 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 the thing is, even before pandemic, that existed. So I'm not trying to, you know, minimize the pandemic, but to remind us that life is challenging, that life is overwhelming, that life can be too much. But here's the thing. Are we willing, even in those seasons, to be growing people? Because God is still on the throne. Jesus is still risen. The Spirit is still alive in us. So no matter what challenge we face, are we willing to be growing people? In Galatians 5, and 23, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. The New Testament scripture is clear, that living by the Spirit of God produces fruit. And that fruit is us living and loving like Christ. So are we willing to be growing people? And I think for the next several weeks, we're going to look at how are we growing and are we willing to grow in the fruit of the Spirit? The people around us, do they know us by love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Are we known by who we are? One of the things we like to say here at HBIC is that, you know, there's more caught than taught. A lot of us, whether we think about parenting, or we think about loving our neighbors, or we think about who we are, you know, in our families, or in our workplaces, or in our schools, one of the things we have to hold on to is a simple idea that who we are might matter more than what we say. How can you grow in this season? The question we're going to try to answer is to say grow in the spirit, and grow in the fruit of the spirit. Let's pray. Our Father, our God, we thank you so much for the blessing of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you so much that even in this challenging season, you, our father, are still on the throne. You, Jesus, are still risen, and the Holy Spirit is still alive. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that now lives in us. So Father, we pray that in this season and every season that we're willing to be growing people because that's a gift we can give to the world. And may that gift be a reminder to people of the greatest gift we've all received, that is Jesus Christ. In his holy and precious name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, um, I want to focus on 1 John 3.16 and 18. Uh, there's a little H-bick joke because I say this a lot, but in theory, this one, this time I'm, I'm definitely serious. Um, this is my favorite verse in all of scripture. And the proof of this is if you've ever received emails from me, there's a good chance that the very first email you ever received from me had 1 John 3.18 in it. But I want to read 16, 7, and 18. So I'm going to read 1 John 3, 16, 17, and 18. Starting at verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul is calling people back to Jesus. He's saying, "I want you to hold on to the gospel of Jesus." And the gospel of Jesus wasn't just a message; it was the whole life of Jesus. Paul is saying, "I want you to hold on to what you first believed—that the God of the universe entered into this space and time, that Jesus lived and loved and showed you how to please God, that Jesus went to Calvary to die on a cross for your sins, and that yes, on the third day, God rose Him and raised Him up from the." dead and Jesus is alive. So the first thing he wants the Galatians to know is hold on to the true gospel of Jesus. And then he tells his story. And what I love about this is Paul doesn't tell his story to give us his resume. He tells his story to prove that God's at work in his life. And I think that's a great reminder for us because we live in a culture that says, you know, your voice matters. Tell your story. Tell your story. Tell your story. And I'll say, yes, tell your story, but do it like Paul. Tell your story to let people know how God is at work in your life. That you're being led and God lives in you and God is shining through you. So tell your story but tell it in a way that shows God working in your life and then Paul gives one of my favorite truths in the whole scripture and he calls them to not just hold on to the true gospel to not just tell how God is working in your life but he reminds them that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of faith that it's not hereditary, that being Jewish is not what makes you in the kingdom. It's whether or not you believe in Jesus Christ. And the kingdom is for all nations, all tribes, and all tongues. And then he says, if you hold on to the gospel, you belong to Jesus. If you show how God's working in your life, you'll see how you're loved by Jesus. And if you remember that the kingdom belongs to all who will believe you will start to look like Jesus. And if you want to look like Jesus, and if you want people to know who you are, you have to develop the fruit of the Spirit. And he begins with love. Now I chose John, 1 John 3, 16 and 18, not just because it's my favorite passage, but because I think John probably on earth knew Jesus the best. I think John is probably Jesus's best friend. When John looked at Jesus, he looked into the person of Jesus and says, in whom there is no sin. You know, Paul was a thinker, and Paul said Jesus knew no sin. Peter was someone who was all about action. He said Jesus did no sin, but John knew the character of Jesus. And in looking in Jesus, he says, the core essence of Jesus is love. And as you read through John's gospel and even the epistle of 1 John, you learn that God is love. You learn that God first loved us. And you learn that we are God's beloved. And how does John identify love? He says it's simply here. Love is Jesus laying down his life for us. And then... He compels us to do something with that. It's not just enough for us to say, man, God loves us. Jesus laid down his life for us. He says, no, 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 no. The same thing that Jesus did is what he's calling you to do. Jesus' love compels us to lay down our lives for others as well. And in this passage, John says it like this. All we have in the epistle, all we have a reminder of God's blessing to us. All we are is a reminder of God's work in us. But all we do, let that be a reminder of God's love and blessing to others. All you have, that's God's blessing to you. All you are, that's God's work in you. But all you do, let that be a reminder of God's love and blessing to others. Love others because God loves you. Love others the way God loves you. We go back to the Gospel of John in John 15. Um, Jesus himself is talking, and this is how he breaks it down. Jesus says, you know, I am the vine. My father is the gardener, and you are the branches. And in this lovely image, Jesus says, you know, I am the source of life. My father is the one who's in charge of it all. And you then are my branches. And if you remain in me as my branches, if you obey my commandments, you will bear fruit. And then Jesus gives this command, not a suggestion, but it's a command. Love as I have loved you. And later in that passage, Jesus reminds us that I have chosen you, but I've chosen you to love. Jesus doesn't just choose us because we're special. He chooses us because he wants the world to know that he's special, that he's God, and that he has chosen us to love our world. You know, I'm not much of a a farmer. You know, I have a plant in my office that's holding on for dear life. One of the basics I know about plants is that they need water and nutrients to grow. Is they need air, fresh air. They need healthy soil. They need light. They need the right temperature depending on the, the plant They need space, but they also need time. And as I was thinking about how do we grow in love, I was thinking about the food and nutrients that we need to grow in love is that we need to be fed by God. And that might mean going to the scripture. That might mean spending time with God. That might mean spending time in prayer. But we need to be fed by God. We're not plants, but we do need some sun and fresh air. And I was thinking about how we need to be breathed on by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. But sometimes we're really good at not listening to the Holy Spirit. So what does it mean to let the Holy Spirit breathe in you and give you life? And you be led by that Spirit. Now, we need healthy soil as well. So all of us need to be surrounded by a healthy Christ-like community. And we need to be shined on by Jesus. And here's the other one I've been thinking about. How do we grow in love we need space, and we need time. We need room to experience God's love, to truly know we are loved by God, and we need time to show that love to others. I was thinking about love this week. What does it mean to love? And I think the simplest answer is to lay down our lives for one another. No matter what situation we're in, No matter what pandemic or challenge or obstacle that's in our way, the answer remains, we need to love the way God has loved us. So my questions for you this evening or this morning, if you're watching, is what is one way right now that you can share God's love? Who's one person that you can share God's love with? How is God calling you to lay down your life for others? How does your world, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors? How does your world know God's love through you? The greatest gift that God gives us is Jesus. The greatest gift we can give our world is to grow. The best way to grow is in the fruit of the Spirit. Let us start by loving. Let us start by laying down our lives for one another. Let us start by not just holding on to what Jesus has done for us, but let that be a reminder that we are to live and love like Christ lived and loved. God bless you.
1: How deep... The Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the chosen one Bring many sons to glory Upon the cross, my sin upon His shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my my, mocking voice call out among the scoffers, and it was my sin that held Him there until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is fitting me and I will not boast in anything no gifts no power no wisdom but I will boast in Jesus Christ His death and resurrection and why should I gain from His reason why oh, can not give an answer? But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. Why should why should I gain from his reward? Why oh, can not give an answer? But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have fade my ransom. This I know. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have fade my ransom. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, tu amor, oh, tu amor me envuelve, me sostiene, amor sin condición. Me persigue y deja las noventa nueve para mí. No puedo ganarlo. Mi Mercedes oh tu amor se entrego por mí. Oh tu amor me envuelve, me sostiene, amor sin condición. Oh, 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 oh. When I was your fan When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, tu amor, oh, tu amor me envuelve, me sostiene, amor sin condición. Me persigue y deja las noventa y nueve para mí. No puedo ganarlo. Ni merecerlo, oh, tu amor se entregó por mí. Oh, tu amor me envuelve, me sostiene, amor sin condición. There's no shadow. There's no shadow you won't light up, now and you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, now and you won't climb up, coming after no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. It's no shadow, snow shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Snow shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up Coming after me Snow wall you won't kick down Lie you won't tear down Coming after me Oh, tu amor me envuelve Me sostiene Amor sin condición Me persigue idea Las noventa Nueve para mí, no puedo ganarlo ni merecerlo, oh tu amor se entregó por mí, oh tu amor me envuelve, me sostiene, amor sin condición.
0: Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we pray this morning that you help us to love not just with word or with tongue and speech, but in deed and in truth. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for loving us by laying down your life for us. God, help us to love the same way. As we think about our family and friends, we think about our neighbors, coworkers, schoolmates, our world around us, God. Help us to love them the way you have loved us. And Father, we just pray that in all things, that we are known to be people who are growing in your fruit, your fruit that bears witness of the kingdom, your fruit that bears witness of who you are, your fruit that draws people to your father and brings lost children back home again. So Lord, teach us how to love you more and how to love one another. In your holy and precious name, amen. God bless you all.